Good morning, church. I'm glad you could join us again this week online. You know, as we've been going through this season, I've been spending a lot of those, those be still moments that we talked about a few weeks ago, taking some time just to be with God and to listen to him. And here's what I feel like God, or the word that God has been giving me each time that I just sit in silence with him is trust. I feel like God's been saying, Nathan, do you trust me? What I've learned about trust is that usually it's not just a a yes or no proposition. It's not just an on or off thing. It tends to be on a a little bit of a scale, doesn't it? You know, we, we get to a point where it becomes harder and harder to trust people or to trust something or an organization or something like that. The more uncertainty there is, or the more risk there is, there seems to be an end point with, with that trust. It, it tends to come to a position where that's all the trust you've got in that sort of thing. You know, I was reminded as I was thinking about this of a time back in 2001, I was in, the, in, the, in America visiting some friends in, in Michigan and they said to me, uh, Nathan, we're gonna go on a bit of an adventure this afternoon. And we ended up uh, at the airport and they had a friend who had a little, a little Cessna just a little single prop Cessna, just four seats, two in the front, two in the back. And we were going to go for a bit of a, a flight out over Lake Michigan, which is great. And, uh, you know, I, I was mostly good with that. But I must admit, uh, it's quite a bumpy day, quite a, a windy day. Um, my trust level was a little bit low, especially when we were coming into land and there was a, a cross, crosswind at the airport and he was a good pilot, though, and of course he got us back safely. But when I, when I think back at that time, I think, yeah, I, I, my trust level wasn't that high. Whereas when I came home from America to, to Brisbane, you know, when I walked onto that 747, I, I didn't think another thing. The trust level was high. I guess it's because you've got multiple engines, you've got, you know, years of engineering and experience and stuff like that. But the point I'm trying to make is, you know, the, the higher the risk and uncertainty, um, the more our, our trust level tends to kind of reach a, a, a peak, a level, which is completely normal. We tend to have levels of trust with most things and most people in life. And we often reach this level of uncertainty where it, it can just run out. But I really have felt like God has been asking me the, the question, you know, Nathan, how much do you trust me? Because the uncertainty is high at the moment. And so that, you know, that trust level, you know, I feel like God's been saying, is, is that wavering there, Nathan? Because there's, there's uncertainty in your life at the moment. You know, some of the questions that go through my mind is, well, what if, what if Shelley and I find, us, find that we're in a place where we can't pay our mortgage? You know, we're not in that place, but... What if we were? And, and you know, these are questions I think all of us are asking at the moment. You know, what if all the momentum that we were experiencing at the church comes to an, an end? You know, I've asked, I've asked myself, I've asked God that question many times over the last few weeks. What, what if the church gets to a point where it struggles to pay its bills? Again, not at that point yet, but I've been starting to wonder. What, what if I don't have what it takes to lead the church through this new season. Questions that 
I've been asking myself. And all those what ifs and about a hundred more, they've played through my mind uh, over and over again. And, and I bet that you have your own what ifs and you have your own set of worries. And for some of you, it's not even what ifs, you know, it's, it's a reality. For some of you, I know that work has dried up or you've, had, you've been stood down or um, you know, a bunch of other things. You've, you've been in isolation perhaps because you're a vulnerable person who's at, at risk or you're, you're a company or a business owner and you've had to make some really hard decisions. Well, for all of us, the word from God for today is this. Whatever happens, whatever is happening, we can fully trust our God. Here is the level, as I said, trust has different levels. And here is the level that the Bible says that you should trust in God. It's a famous, very popular passage in Proverbs chapter 3. But it's for us today. Here's what it says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Here's what I'm, I'm hearing from God about trust through this passage. The first thing is this. Trusting God is an all-in proposition. You know, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not just part of your heart. All your heart. When it comes to trust, it's all. The Bible doesn't say trust in the Lord with just a little bit, you know, 20% of your heart. That's not what it says. It's all your heart. It's 100%. And the proverb is very clear. In any situation you find yourself in, you trust with all your heart. There is no level where our trust should be fading away, no matter what the uncertainty or the risk. The word says you can trust in the Lord. You can trust him with all your heart, even as we move into more and more uncertainty. If you're in a place in life where things aren't as you expected them to, to be, how you thought they would be or want them to be, these are the moments that require us and they remind us that faith in God is an all-in surrender. It's an all-of-life surrender. Faith in God is not just, it's not just a Sunday hobby, you know. Faith and trust doesn't end when the good times do. You know, I'm reminded of many people throughout the Bible, like Job and others, who had to go through so much, but whatever was happening, they would keep their trust in the Lord. It's times in trouble that we get a good look at where our faith in God is. You know, if your faith is low, you need to know you can trust him because he has proven that he, above all things, is worthy of your trust. You know, above all people, above all governments and organizations and, and, and the stuff that we own, it's God that we can trust in above all those things. And he has proven that to, to us. And that's one of the lessons from Easter. Everything Jesus said about himself was proven to be true. He really is who he said he was. We need to hold fast to the fact that Jesus has proved himself to us. And he, above all things, above all people, is worthy of our trust. And I know it's not easy to do at times. I, I, I really do understand that, church. You know, I, I'm in the same boat as you. There's times when it's not easy. And the disciples, they found the same thing. You know, they were adamant that they would remain with Jesus right up, and, and, and they did. You know, he, he questioned whether they would, and they said, of course, we're going to die for you, Lord. And they, they stayed with him through a lot of difficult stuff right up until when he was arrested. And then, as we know, most of them, they either fled 
or, or Peter denied Jesus right at the moment they needed to trust him the most. And you know what? We shouldn't ever hold that against the disciples because if we put ourselves in their shoes, I wonder whether we would do anything different. Let's be honest. But we thank God that he is a gracious God. And even in their moment of denial, he graciously, you know, he loved them. He loved Peter. He loved his disciples. I assure you the Bible is true. We can trust him with all of our heart. He is in control. Just as we mentioned last week, what seemed to the disciples like everything had come crashing down at the cross, they, it turned to great joy and great victory at the resurrection. You know, that you, you keep your trust in God because he is faithful. To, and his promises will be revealed to us. If you're in a pit at the moment, you can trust God to never leave you and still be working for you, even if you can't see it, even if you can't feel it, because he has proven that he is worthy of our complete, all, all of heart trust. The second thing I'm learning about trust is that God's way is better than my own way anyway. You know, it's bigger than my own understanding. The second part of uh, verse 5 says, do not depend on your own understanding. If God tells you, if God tells you to do something, you do it. Because his plan is always best, even if you can't see it. Even if you can't see what the outcome's going to be, uh, you trust God and his plan and you, you keep going. You know, a friend of mine told me a couple of years ago, once he finally found the place God wanted him to be on this, he, he said to me, Nathan, most of my life I've prayed that God would bless the decisions I was making, you know, the direction that I was taking. Until one day, after many lessons, I realized the best way was to follow his direction for my life because that's where the blessing was. God's way is better. You know, I'm reminded of the time Jesus told the disciples, you know, cast out your nets. They'd been fishing all night, caught nothing. He said, cast your nets out. They, and they're like, well, we've, already, we've been doing that all night. Nothing's happened. And he said, I don't care, cast them out. And, and their response to him was, we will do that. We will cast out our nets for this reason, because you said so. And they did. And we know the end of that story was uh, they caught so much fish they could barely get them into the boat, even though at first it seemed futile. They trusted Jesus' plan because he said so. They filled their nets and God's way is better. You know, I'm reminded of uh, Jackie Pullinger. At the age of 22, she was from uh, the UK and she felt called to be a missionary and she had a lot of struggles finding out where God wanted her to be. And some missionary organizations even turned her down until she felt like God said to her, just get on a boat and go. And she did. And she prayed at every stop until she got to Hong Kong. And that's when she clearly heard God's voice. This is where you need to get off. And she got off the boat there. This is way back in the, in the 1960s. And she uh, ministered to the poorest of poor people in Hong Kong. In fact, the area that where she was in was so uh, filled with drugs and crime and prostitution and other things that the police refused to go there. And that's where she went. She believed that God sent her there. And to this day, her work is still doing amazing things in Hong Kong. You know, it was, it, all she had was uh, love and prayer, and she provided space for people to overcome their addictions. And many thousands of people encountered God through her ministry because God's way is the best way. 
And, and she had that harvest of blessing that the, the, the scriptures promised, promise us. You know, I'm also reminded of a certain person in, in our own church who recently heard the call of God to head overseas for an indefinite period of time without really knowing what the outcome might be. And she said yes, did the training, uh, raised the money and, and went. And this person, uh, we don't even know what all the outcomes are going to be, but we're believing there's going to be fruit from it because God's way is best. See, the point I'm making is that if you're a follower of God, you go where he says to go and you trust him. It may cost you. In fact, it nearly always does cost you something, church, to follow Jesus when he says to go. But trusting and serving Jesus is always worth it. Right now, we can't meet together. But I heard a pastor say the other day, and I love this. He said, you know, the church is deployed. We're not in these four walls here. But we are out in the mission field. Yes, sometimes we have to stay at home, but we're still talking to family and friends. A lot of you are still at work. You are deployed and we have a new wave of opportunities to follow the calling of Jesus, to love our neighbors and to share the good news as we go about that. Limiting your trust in God to just the good times means you'll never get to where he is calling you to go. This is the reality. This is, you know, this is life with Jesus. It's not just about the good times and the flow of blessings. It's going into the hard work and trusting him as you go. There's a good chance that you will miss out on the blessing of harvest, as Galatians puts it, or that, that God has in store for you if we don't trust him and go when he says to. The third thing I'm learning about trust is if you seek his way, he will show you the way. And this comes from uh, verse 6. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. You know, this has got to be the biggest question that people come to me as a pastor, particularly the, the younger generation. I don't know which path God wants me to take. So I hope that this is some help to you. This is the key that takes trusting God beyond just words on, on the paper. Saying yes to God and following God's ways takes, it actually takes effort. There is a seeking that's involved. That's what you know, if it's Solomon that wrote this, that's what he says, seek. That means we've actually got to do the seeking. It's, it's an action word. You will note verse 6 says, seek God in all you do. And all you do means you seek God's way in all the big decisions and even some of the, the, the little decisions in your life. You know, where you should work, what you need to go to, what course and career does he want for you? What ministry should you be involved in? You know, young people, if you're thinking about relationships, I would even go as far as saying, what is God saying to you about the person that he would want you to be with? Who would be that person that might be your future spouse? Also, the question you should be asking God is, how much does he want you to give? And to whom? Because everything we have when we're a follower of, of Jesus is his. And so it's his choice. When he says tithe, you tithe. When he says give above your tithe, you give above your tithe. When he says help someone else out in need, you know, you do it even if you wonder how you're going to do it. How do I do this? How do I seek his will? How do I know which path to take? You know, which vocation do you pursue? Which, which ministry do I serve in? Um, 
what course do I take? God asks us to grapple with these things with him because it's in that wrestling through these decisions that God teaches us a lot about ourselves and about trusting him. You know, that there has to be a growth that happens. It can't just be, he's the answer, go. Because God knows that we need to learn and grow. He knows we need to draw closer to him. He knows we need to learn patience. We need to have intellectual development sometimes. You know, we have to have experience. We have to learn lessons. We have to grow up emotionally and spiritually. We have to be mature before we get to some of those areas that God wants us to get to. And so that's why we wrestle and we do the seeking. It's very important that we do that. I'm not talking about some kind of striving that wears us out. I'm talking about seeking that path with God. This process of seeking and wrestling, it kind of looks like the story of Jacob. Uh, I wonder if you, you know this story. You know, there was a time when um, he and his family came to a river and his family went across and he was on the other side by himself. And the word says, here's what it says in Genesis uh, 32, actually. This is what happened. The man, so he, uh, someone came along and he wrestled all night. Genesis 32, 26. The man said, let me go for dawn is breaking. They've been doing this wrestle all night. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And then God tells him, after this, God tells him his name will be Israel. Jacob becomes Israel. The whole nation gets named after him. And he blesses him. But this willingness, you know, this willingness to not let go of God, I think is a lesson for us. We have to learn from it. I say, wrestle with God as he seeks his path for you. And don't, you know, it, it seems arrogant in a way, audacious perhaps, but don't let go of God until you hear the direction that he wants you to go. You've got to do that wrestling with him. Well, you might say, well, okay, God doesn't show up as a man for me to physically wrestle all night like, like Jacob did. And that's true, but here's some ideas of how you can wrestle. The first thing is start by putting aside time, regular time, to be in his presence. This is the be still moment again that we've been talking about. Are you doing it? You know, every day there should be some time to be still. Every, every week there should be some extended time to be still and to pray and, you know, write down some notes. And if you're the sort of person, and I'm a bit like this, I don't like to just sit still and pray. My mind can't stay focused. And I always say this, you go for a walk, you find something that works for you. You must keep looking until you find that thing that works. The second thing is you seek the word for answers. You know, this is why we did the reading plan for, for eight weeks. It's to try and teach us to get into a regular habit of opening the word, using a highlighter and seeing what God is saying. Because sometimes the very answers we are looking for, he uses his word to tell us. In fact, this is, it's a common thing he does. It's the primary way that God speaks to us. And the third thing is to gather trusted and wise Christians to pray and discern with you. This is something we don't do very much of. And I don't know why, maybe we don't like to be vulnerable with others, but uh, my suggestion is, and I will do this with you if you want me to, if you're uncertain about something, if you feel like God is telling you something and you want confirmation or you haven't heard from God and you'd like some answers, gather two or three, probably three is better, very trusted, very wise, discerning Christians. Share with them what it is that's on your heart 
pray with them, and then ask them to share what they feel God is saying about that situation. And, you know, you look for a common denominator. You look for what is God saying through these people to confirm what he may be saying to you. I encourage you to consider doing that. The elders of the church are available for that sort of thing. Trust is more than words, it's action. Chuck Swindoll, he helps us with this. I love this quote. He says, we must cease striving and trust God to provide what he thinks is best in whatever time he chooses to make it available. But hear this bit, this is important. This kind of trusting doesn't come naturally. It's a spiritual crisis of the will in which we must choose to exercise our faith. You know, when, it, when, you're, when your trust is, um, is weak or waning, you've got to stop and tell your mind and tell your heart, no, I'm trusting God in this moment. You know, you've got to tell yourself these things. You have to choose it. I'm going to exercise faith in this moment. We can't just recite these famous verbs, uh, verses or proverbs and expect everything to change because they won't. You must choose to exercise faith to trust God over your own understanding and go after God's understanding. You know, for me personally, as I think about what might happen to my family and finances and to the church and all the things that could happen around this time, it's in these be still times I hear God's gentle voice in my ear saying, Nathan, Nathan, just trust me. And when I hear that gentle voice, I'm at peace. Letting go of every single tree, I lay each one down at your feet. Every moment of my wandering Never changes what you see I try to win this war, I confess My hands are weary, I need your rest Mighty warrior, king of the fight No matter what I face, you're by my side When you don't move the mountains to move when you don't part the waters I wish I could walk through when you don't give the answers as I cry out to you I will trust I will trust I will trust in you truth is you know what tomorrow brings there's not a day ahead you have not seen so What you are, Lord, and nothing less. When you don't move the mountains, I'm needing you to move. When you don't part the waters, I wish I could walk through. When you don't give the answers as I cry out to you, I will trust, I will trust, I will trust in you. strength and courage. 
hill to walk through When you don't give the answers As I cry out to you I will trust, I will trust, I will trust in you What a, what a just a great song that is. And I, I know this week, uh, I know people who have told me that that song has really helped them. They've been able to lean into it and therefore lean into God and know that they can trust him. So as we conclude today, I just want to pray that uh, we will all hear God's voice clearly. That voice saying, you can trust me. And where we lack trust, I'm going to ask God to to give it to us this morning. So let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you are a God that we can trust. You are worthy of our trust. You are the only thing that is worthy of all of our trust. And so again today, we stop and say, no matter what's going on around us, we don't know what the outcome is, but we trust you, God. We put our trust in you. Knowing that whatever happens, you are with us. You will never leave us. You will never forsake us. Our eternity in heaven is secured because of you. We don't have to have any fear because of, for that reason. So we trust you, Lord. And where we, where we struggle to have faith, to have trust in you, God, I pray, would you, would you give it to us? Would you help us with our, our, in our weakness where we lack it? I pray your Holy Spirit will help our minds and our hearts to be able to fully put our trust in you today. In Jesus' name, amen.